This is the Dallas Morning News. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm food editor Aaron Bookie, and I host our food podcast at the Dallas Morning News called Eat Drink DFW. Each week, we're dropping a segment of the show right here in this feed. If you want to hear the full show and make sure you never miss an episode, then just search for Eat Drink DFW wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links for it at dallasnews.com slash listen. Happy eating. Welcome back, everyone. Be sure to go to dallasnews.com slash food after this for information on our show and helpful links. We also want to hear about your favorite dishes and cooking hacks. So please share with us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. Later on, we'll be talking with chef and Emmy-winning TV host Vivian Howard. But right now, I'm joined by food writers Sarah Blaskovich and Claire Baller and our producer Julie Fisk to talk about what's trending. Claire, you had a great story this week about how reservations are harder to get in Dallas now than probably they've ever been. I think anyone who has dined out uh, in the past year or so has experienced this probably that it seems as though it is more necessary to have a reservation to dine out, especially if we're talking about weekend dining. Right. And that there are restaurants that it feels almost impossible to get a reservation at. From what I found, it feels that way because it is that way. Since the pandemic, you have a few things that have happened. Once cases started dropping, COVID cases started dropping and uh, COVID vaccines became more widely available, you had this rush for people to go back to in-person dining. People were kind of sick of the whole to-go thing and, and ready to be back sitting at tables and restaurants. That kind of kicked off this change. But what we're seeing now happening in Dallas is not at all related to that. And there are a few reasons for this. You have the things that drive demand for reservations that have always been the case, like convenience. Um, People are able to plan around them and and book babysitters and things like that. But now what we have increasing is this matter of social currency, where dinner reservations at specific restaurants have become a signal of status, of being in the know with what's cool. And social media has driven a lot of that. So that is really changing the demand for restaurant reservations. And this is playing out in really interesting ways around the country of people starting to barter and sell restaurant reservations on kind of these black market sites for uh, just exorbitant amounts of money because it's people want to be seen at these restaurants and they want to have that experience of dining there. The significant driving factor for this is a matter of restaurant behavior, not consumer behavior. Restaurants are really encouraging reservations now more than they ever have. And it's not hard to see why, right? If you know how many people are going to be dining in your restaurant, that's way easier to plan for. It's easier to staff for, which is really important since staffing shortages are still an issue. Mm -hmm. It's a way for restaurants to help their bottom line during a really, really difficult economic time. 
So this is really shifting because restaurants want it and need it to shift. They need to know who's going to be dining at the restaurant and when. Yeah, I loved in your story how Jennifer Uger from Lucia kept saying, we have to buy wine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was like <laughs> yeah. we really have to plan mm-hmm. for how many people we're going to have. Have they been seeing a lot of cancellations? Because I definitely have known people who will book mm-hmm. five different restaurants yep. and then cancel at the last minute. So that's obviously a downside of a stronger push for reservations is Mm -hmm. then you have more cancellations. But restaurants are being proactive about this in being very thoughtful about the way that they structure their booking systems. So there are many that are taking the approach of releasing reservations in batches, either at two-week increments or usually what we see more typically is 30-day increments. Mm -hmm. That creates an environment that I think makes people a bit more serious and more thoughtful when they are booking reservations because those book up quickly. If you snag a reservation at one of these restaurants that is is hard to get in at, like Lucia or Shoyo or Tatsu, you're probably going to be pretty committed to that reservation and make sure you go because you don't know when you'll be able to snag a table again. Um, And some require you to even prepay for the whole meal ahead of time. Yep. That, of course, makes people be more thoughtful as well before they cancel the reservation. (laughs) And even ones that don't require full prepayment, a lot have cancellation policies where you could be charged $50 per person if you cancel you know, after a certain time frame. I think it's just interesting to me that getting a certain restaurant reservation, like you mentioned, is a is a status thing, Claire. It's not just getting the reservation. It's then paying for that meal. Yeah. You know, the places that you listed, you wrote a story about the four places where it's hard to get a reservation. I've been to all of them and spent so much money mm-hmm. at all of these places. And people out there should know this is not like work money. This is my money taking my family to go eat at these places. And if anybody is listening and you feel like eating in restaurants has never been more expensive, you're exactly right. So you get the reservation and then, you know, you're still three, $400 in for a couple to have a really fine meal. And that's why I think these reservations are such a big deal is they want you to say, I'm coming and I'll really be there that you can pay and want to pay. I think it's just important to me that we remember that, um, Ooh, these are special occasion spots for a lot of us. Yeah, for sure. I think it's important for people to realize that it's not impossible to still be spontaneous about dining out. Um, There are plenty of mid-tier restaurants here in Dallas that are great and that you can usually get a somewhat last minute reservation at. And then even at some of these popular spots, you can get on wait lists and they will notify you when someone cancels and a spot opens. And then there are some like Lucia, they save a few seats at their bar every night for walk-ins because they they really value people being able to pop in off the street. And as a consumer and diner, I actually kind of like this trend because I like to know it's a sure thing for me. You know, like I don't Mm -hmm. like to go to a restaurant and just like put my name on a list and wait for an hour. Wait. Yeah. And these days, two hours like that kind of used to be the thing in Dallas. Restaurants don't really want that. That's not ideal for them to have you come. And your main memory was waiting for two hours to be able to sit down. Right. Because then that immediately means that they have a lot to make up for and a lot to prove with that time that you're sitting down in that seat. What the reservations say about you were talking about status symbol. I was like, oh, no, what do my reservations say about me? (laughs) Because they would read something like. I booked a parking spot in front of Hello Dumpling where I sat ate dumplings in the parking lot. 
<laughs> it's not good for some. I of have us. a date with my car and yeah. six dumplings. <laughs> my status is low. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of pandemic restaurant changes, we've seen a lot of restaurants really leaning into to-go models and vending machines. And we'll be talking with um, North Carolina chef Vivian Howard later, who has started this new project called Viv's Fridges, where you can basically get a whole Top Chef meal ready to go. Some of those things we've seen around Dallas. Sarah, I know you had a couple of things you saw. I remember the day the Sprinkles Cupcake ATM opened. That's what they call it. I was there. Um, (laughs) And I videoed myself, I want to say, like Boop, 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 boop. You know, it's like, I, I want the red velvet cupcake because that's the one we all want. Isn't that the one we all want at Sprinkles? Mm, yeah, it's the best sure. one. You put in your credit card and then it magically delivered me like a quite fresh red velvet cupcake. And I liked that. And then there are fridges at Laduni mm-hmm. on McKinney Avenue. And then also at the Laduni at the AT&T food hall. And you swipe your credit card and you can get these little jars of like cheesecakes or flan. And I have to say out loud that Laduni's flan in this little jar is so incredible. With those in particular, they're cold because they're fridges. I guess that's what a fridge does. But there are some of these, um, I don't know, I call them hot boxes, but (laughs) is that a bad term? A hot box just brings memories to some people. Okay. That's what I thought. I'm like, what am I using? So we all know, but there's that Brooklyn dumpling shop Mm. that is coming to Dallas soon. There's no human interaction there either. Like you order off the app or you can even go in and order it off their little boop, boop, boop computer but then the food just shows up in this little hot box and for you, lack of a better term and you take i think there is a better term but i don't know what it is um i like it so it's very much a to-go situation but with no people see vivian howard she's taking it like a step further where she's doing an entire meal like you get an appetizer you get like a full entree and then dessert she even has like their 10 layer cake and it's all stuff that she's made at chef and the farmer and like i wish she would do her own fridges here because i'm a huge vivian howard fan i watch like every episode of Chef and the Farmer and Somewhere South. But she doesn't want to do that. What she wants to do is sell these fridges to other restaurateurs in town or like in Texas, all across the country, really. And then so they would be the ones putting in entire meals. So like when you think about, okay, what's your favorite thing to get at um, Lucia? You would have the entire thing ready to go and you would just get it out of this refrigerator. So I guess my question is like, would you guys do this? And if so, like what chefs would you like to see taking this forward in Texas? I think a lot of restaurants here have done something similar, just not in a separate fridge concept. Like Lucia does. Yeah, exactly. Lucia Lucia does um, a lot of Sunday night dinners, which I, I did a few of those during the pandemic. And I probably would get it more if there was like a fridge like right down the street from my house. Yeah. I think that's part of it is that she started off in this teeny tiny town in North Carolina. And so then it's yeah. like, well, people outside of the city want to, to eat this food. So yeah. you're right. Like if there was something where you could just cruise by and get a Lucia dinner. I do them. wonder what the demand for this kind of thing will be like even just a year, two years from now as we get further out from 2020 and everything that that up Like, are people going to want these alternative ways of dining as much as they've wanted in in the recent past? I don't know. Uh, I see things that seem to indicate no, but then also you look at uh, restaurant statistics on their to-go orders and they're pretty much sustaining still. So 
maybe that kind of thing is here to stay. I know for me personally, like if I'm going to drop some money for food, I want it to be hot and I, I want to be uh, getting the table service that goes along with it. So I think I think this kind of concept will always be up against that. I'm a big fan of a night out. If, I, yeah. if I'm going to spend money, I want to put on a dress. Yeah. I want to put on makeup. Yeah. And getting these, um, a lot of the meals to go from top restaurants, the price is often still the same. Mm-hmm. And yet you have to basically kind of cook it yourself yeah. at home. Yeah. <laughs> like I had that experience with Lucia, you know, I was like, oh, wow, this was $150 for this yeah. meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm cooking the noodles in my yeah, crappy yeah, yeah. little pot and, on my crap and, no <laughs> and no one comes to brush the crumbs off. Yeah, the no, no. Like and it won't be as good. That's just right. the reality. The food can be made yeah. just as well, but there are other factors at play, like your yes. crappy pot that you're cooking <laughs> it in, you know? Yes. So who do you think could get away with this? Like, I think it's possible to maybe do this with barbecue, yeah, 190 smoked meats, mm-hmm. they are already mostly to go. They don't have a dine-in right. section, so that would work. I just imagine the Cadillac big rib just jammed into a vending machine <laughs> slot. You know, like it like skins itself when it comes out. It's really horrifying. I do think if it was Vivian Howard herself, because I do know that there are people like me here in Texas, if it was her food, I would buy it. Because otherwise, I will not get to eat her food. So That's true. Maybe if you have popular chefs from outside of Texas... And yeah. they put these in, and that's our only chance unless we're traveling to get this stuff. That might have a better a better chance. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of Vivian Howard's, you know, that Southern, even though we have a lot of cuisine here, I think we're missing a lot of that real Southern, you know, like fried collards or like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want those collard greens. Yeah. I, want I know to, you like your collard greens. I, lo- I love <laughs> collard greens, but I want to eat those collard greens. Thanks, guys. We'll hear more about Vivian's plans up next, and then we'll dive into all things soup. That's right after this. Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.